Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hi, Chris. Hey, Jeej. How you doing? So good. How are you? Awesome. I'm very excited. Why are you excited? I'm here doing another podcast with Woo-hoo! you. I'm also very excited this week so pretty excited about that too that is maybe the most exciting thing for those of you who don't know we're going to australia to get married um and we are both super stoked about it i don't know if i'm stoked about sitting on how many plane rides and how many hours but once i get there i'll be i'll be really into it (laughs) it'll be so worth it so worth it um chris i've got a question for you hit me so audience for background um, we've been doing a lot of two things lately. Um, I've been eating a lot of s'more cereal and we've also been playing. Thank you, Chris, for the introduction to that. And um, for welcome. you runners out there, it's the best running cereal I've ever had. Um, and we've also been playing a lot of FMK. So Chris, FMK, all the ingredients in s'more cereal. Oh There's, my It's like Cocoa Pebbles, goodness. Golden Grahams, well, and Little Marshmallows. When you got it wrong, it's Cocoa Puffs, not Pebbles. Oh, I'm it's sorry. very big difference. Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Golden <laughs> Grahams and essentially Lucky Charms Marshmallows that aren't as uh, diverse. Yeah, they're just like... White. They're just white marshmallows. Okay, let me see if I... Ooh, this is so tough because in Lucky Charms, I like... The marshmallows and not the cereal, mm. but in s'mores, I think that the cereal is so stinking good compared to the marshmallows. Interesting. Okay, here we go. Um, gotta marry them golden grams. They're gotta so good. Gotta keep them around for a long time. So good. Um, uh, get down with the the cocoa puff. The co- <laughs> And unfortunately, the marshmallow just loses on this oh, one. Bye, marshmallow. Okay. Yeah, but, but s'more cereal, everyone. Not sponsored. <laughs> a great cereal it's at so any good. age. <laughs> it's so good. Um, that was a great answer. And um, so we today are talking about your M and Mary, the Golden Grams. <laughs> Oh, just a whole episode on Golden Grams. I wish a whole episode on Golden <laughs> Grams. We should do an episode on Millennial Cereals. Um, but we are talking about millennials and marriage today. And really quick, just wanted to kind of set the stage for this discussion. Um, we've talked in length on this podcast about statistics around millennials and millennial marriage has come up more than once. So we've, we've kind of already touched on this broad strokes and we are going to briefly go over some of the bigger concepts, but, um, more than that, we kind of want to get down to not the statistics, but the like, why and how do millennials operate within a marriage if they choose to get married? Um, which I think will be Fun to discuss, fun to hear your side of the story. I'm very stoked. My side or audience side? Uh, You, Christopher, your opinions on this, because we come from very different, I think, places on this. I'm very curious to see. All right, tee it up. Let's do this. All righty. Okay. So just a refresher on what we've learned statistically about millennials. More than half millennials are not married and those who are married get later in life. That's kind of the broad strokes, like the the big headline here. So potentially it could dip to less than half of millennials uh, are eventually married because there's still a little bit of a young part of the cohort left, I assume. Yeah. So in 2019, um, that is when the oldest millennials were 39-ish and the youngest ones were, were in the mid-20s, early 20s. Okay. Um, 44% of millennials were married at, um, and that is compared to, excuse me, they were 23 to 38 was how old millennials were in 2019. Okay, so the... So the- the tail end still maybe has six to eight years yeah. before maybe the average mm-hmm. millennial marriage age-ish or something like that. Right. Okay, cool. 
Um, at, at those same, when they were the same ages, 53% of Gen Xers were married, 61% of boomers were married, and 81% of the silent generation were married. Like, that's huge. That is, we are about half of what our great, or our grandparents' marriage rate was for our same time. Does that surprise you at all? Yes and no. I mean, my, the, the first thing that goes to my mind is that post-secondary education has become more common mm -hmm. generation over generation. Mm -hmm. And so um, that, that can be consuming. I can see how people uh, maybe don't want to be in a relationship, maybe aren't in the right place and right time to be in a relationship. So that's, yeah. that's three years. If you did it fast, I don't know hardly anyone that did it fast, but more often it's four to five ish years for some folks to, to graduate and so that's I thought you meant to get married I was like no, I don't no, know no. anyone I'm who just, got married yeah, in less so I'm than just talking years. about when you introduce <laughs> okay. you know post-secondary education as as a pretty constant yeah thing you're you're talking about four to five years of maybe a circumstance that doesn't lead to a, a permanent relationship with someone and so it's like even later that's where my head went okay I love that you said this Christopher let me read you the next set of stats Half of all millennials with a bachelor's degree are, are more educated. Let me try that again. Boop, 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 boop. Half of all millennials with a bachelor's degree or more education than a bachelor's degree is married. Um, there's a 10 point gap in the share of the people that are married with a bachelor's degree. It's about 40% or 50%, sorry. And then those with some college education is 40%. And then those with a high school education, 38%. So it's actually almost inverse of what you said. More educated millennials are more likely to get married than less educated millennials. But later in life is what my assumption is. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I assume that they would trend a little older across the generation. Interesting. Okay. I, but I don't have stats. That. That's, just, that's just where my gut is. That's where my logic is. That is interesting. Um... So for those, for so is it they're just not married now or never have been legally married? Uh, we are saying are not married. There, I was not able to find like good divorce statistics on millennials, mm -hmm. which actually I was really really looking for because I was very very interested in finding that out. Okay. Um, I won't yeah. get too nerdy. This won't be fun to listen to. But <laughs> yeah, I was I was just interested if it was not married at all or just currently not identifying as married. Um, it just like be married. Okay. Yeah. 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 Super interesting. Also millennials are more likely than any previous generation to marry someone with the same education as them, which like makes a little bit sense. If you go back to what you're talking about with like just, not even post-secondary education, but like more women, like more women than men are now graduating from college. Um, and so those numbers are kind of evening out. Like, yes, of course, if, if more women are, are graduating college and they're marrying men that are graduating college at the same pace, uh, yeah, it makes sense that it would. But it, it's actually tipping a little bit where women are often marrying men that are less educated than them. I could see that. Um, I have experience in my life where I've seen and worked with some pretty powerful women in the workplace. And I don't know if it was a necessarily the education didn't line up in, in the relationship, but the, I guess, title and economic output of each other and the partnership, the, the women kind of come ahead with some that I've worked with and I really admire that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. We love the growing equality. Still not there. Still need to look at it intersectionally. But it is nice to see more more women um graduating college for sure. And big I feel okay. We're going to back off the st stats for a little bit. I'm just so grateful to like live in a time where like my only choice isn't to be a housewife. And that I was able to <laughs> graduate college and go to college and just have that 
like privilege and be able to work even without college outside of the home and that not be the life people like we love everybody choosing finding their own happiness and making their own choices that's that's our refrain on this podcast I for one am very happy that my choices were not limited to um domestic work because that's that's not where I find my happiness although I do fold a mean laundry I do like to fold laundry but that's about where it stops thank goodness for (laughs) Jeej and her laundry um yeah I think it's also very interesting in my experience I've observed that there are quite a many uh my grandmother just sticks out to me um she was a homemaker for for years and uh the minute that her family you know her younger family mm-hmm. my mom and and uh her sisters got to a place that was a little bit more regimented i think they kind of all got into school they were all in school yeah the youngest finally like made it into school to Maybe not too far. Maybe a little past kindergarten or whatever. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother ran back to uh, professional life. Yeah. Right? No, it's definitely something that calls people. But some people are, like, very called to home. I have wonderful, wonderful homemaker friends that absolutely, like, this is their joy. This is where they shine the brightest. This is what makes them so happy. And absolutely, we applaud them and everything they do. It's not easy work. It is so hard. Um, so props to them oh yeah if, if you find your happiness and it's it's your genuine happiness keep doing it yes absolutely keep doing it don't listen to what people are telling you just do it okay so we're introducing our first uk specific millennial stat on <gasps> mind the millennial gap how exciting is that shout out to the two ish people yeah. that we know that listen from across the pond yeah thank you very much to both of you yes you're both wonderful and adorable <laughs> love you lots lilas okay so this one is about cohabitation millennials so millennials are even though they're not getting married as young or if at all they're they doesn't stop them from like moving in with a partner in fact, in the UK, um, the number of cohabiting couples is outpacing married couples and lone parent families in the millennial generation. Do you think that's a function of like culture changing or do you think that's more in line with that it's just perpetually more and more expensive in, in a first world country such as the UK? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of both factors. I mean, how many stories have we heard of people, I mean, kind of us too, that moved in together to not have to pay two separate rents oh, for a two place? Separate, yeah, right? all, all the stacks of bills that come yeah. with just being not in a shared household. Yeah. 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 It is. And, and I think... I can't speak necessarily to the culture of the UK, but I think there, at least from my observation here, is that there is a little bit of a softening towards um, some of those attitudes of um, those like kind of hard lines. And, and I think it almost goes back to our millennials and religion episodes where we talked about how millennials are kind of looking outside of traditional religion Um and so many of those kind of arbitrary rules or guidelines or or things that were held so dear are fading away. And I'm wondering if this is one of them. Yeah, interesting. I know, um, granted, I've never been to the UK uh, on our list of places to go for sure. But it seems like it's depicted as uh, not a very cheap place to live, especially how London is. Or if I go back to like my kid like thoughts and in memories there was uh gosh i can't remember the name of the guy but the the show was like the houses of the rich and famous and he just had this really like thick british accent and he talked about people's rolls royces in their in their driveway (laughs) and their big mansions and and boy that was that was something else that didn't exist much where i grew up (laughs) so yeah i i think it would be really interesting to see how people uh, jive with that because I think a lot of people definitely start off with like, this is a great relationship. We've got a great thing going here. And wow, one of the benefits is that we can 
split some of the cost of, of just a living and existing? I think that's exactly it because in, in this article, um, it's from the BBC. It'll be linked in the works cited. There is a, a just a note in it that like cohabitating is more seen as a stage of dating rather than like a trial run for marriage. So they're finding that like couples are breaking up more frequently um, when they move in together, but also they're living together a lot more. So that date is a little a little messy to try to figure out. Um, but I thought that was super, super interesting. It, it only makes sense from all the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast. And as we learn more and more about the millennial zeitgeist, I think millennials don't want to dive in headfirst into much anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so that just lines straight up to everything can be a test run so that the the fallout of any permanent decisions can be lessened. Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense and um I think now like just we had someone, I'm not going to say who because I did not ask them if they we could use this. So, anonymous said this week to me as we were kind of discussing this topic, um that from their viewpoint, they're seeing a lot of people get married really young um that were millennials kind of within my own age group getting married pretty young um and then getting divorced and then really finding love this the second time um and unfortunately like I said I can't find really good divorce statistics or anything that would like support that kind of colloquially but like I'm I'm that example too I got married when I was 20 and just you know Life was very brand new to me. I had barely lived outside of my parents' house. I'm sure a bunch of people followed this, but in case no one followed that, it wasn't me that you were married to at 20. No, it wasn't <laughs> okay, Chris just, that I got married to at I, 20. I think everyone followed, but I <laughs> want to make sure it was clear. <laughs> yeah. I was married when I was 20 to a different person that is not Chris. And um, like truly, when, when you're that young and um, you're kind of like caving to the societal pressures, see high demand religion. Um, your brain's not all the way grown either. You have a lot going on and it was really, um, I, I won't talk bad about anything on there. That's just, I won't do it, but, um, you grow a lot in, well, in those early years and truly like, I'm grateful for that. It's kind of like Ariana Grande. Thank you. Next. Um, (laughs) Wow. Wow. You're going to bring up Ariana Grande? Ari. Yes. Fair enough. Yes. She's the queen. Um, but yeah, I, I think I fall into that kind of area too, where it was really young. It it wasn't something I wanted permanently. And luckily I was able to find a way out and here we are today. And I, the second one is so good. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a similar story. I got married when I was 25, though. I was a little further along, but still maybe skewed younger. Young for what our generation is doing. Yeah. Yeah, and there was there was a lot lot to learn. Um unfortunately it was bumpy and maybe wasn't the best situation for either of us that were involved. Found ourselves on the outs and then Years later, I I was divorced for a little while uh, before I met Jillian. And then I was the same. Gosh, that millennial <laughs> mindset came in strong and, and hard where I was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, not doing that again. <laughs> we uh, are definitely going to kick the tires on this thing until <laughs> the tires fall off. There is no way I'm signing up for uh, anything but perfection. Right. Anything that's just like this, this is what I'm willing to give my independence, my freedom, my time for. Right. And the words of Taylor Swift, my time, my wine, my spirit, my trust. Oh, if I only had that, everyone (laughs) thought it would have been so cool. All right. Can I get my Swifty on? You've got to. You've got to. (laughs) But yeah, um, it's quite ironic. I think Jillian and I at least weekly at minimum, you're like, how in the world did this even happen? <laughs> right. And, and to the point to circle it all back, it's wow. You find it 
more often on the second one. I know someone can come and sit something in the comments or say something and be like, ah, but the divorce rate of second marriages is so high in America too. I don't have the math. I can't lay it over top of each other. I can only tell you what my experience is at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, second marriage divorce rates are, I, I studied this intensely I when we were dating. <laughs> what? I want to say they're like 60 plus percent, yeah, and if I'm not the, mistaken. The man has kids and the woman doesn't, which is our situation, um, then it's like 3% success rate. It's like astronomically small. <laughs> but alas, we... And, even we were very millennially in our approach to marriage too. There was a long time where we um, just didn't think we were going to get married. We were just going to be long-term, not legal partners. Yeah, we were just going to be bonded life partners. We were going to go do life together because marriage. I don't think either. Marriage of us. wasn't the initial <laughs> reaction. No. As much as it was, wow, this is my person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and for a variety of reasons, we decided to change that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and for, for me, millennial of me, maybe, <laughs> um, I was very willing to go either way. Yeah. Um, no, no, granted, it was, I know some people date for more years than, <laughs> than we did, right? But right. well after two years, it was like, okay. I know who I know who Jillian is. No doubts in my mind. How are we going to make this move? What are we going to do? Yeah. Like from this point, right? Yeah. Is kind of where it was. Yeah. And Jillian said, "Let's get married." I said, "Sounds good to me." <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of debate. I I had. I think I went into this actually. My sweet, sweet, sweet hair girl. Sam. Shout out Sam. Shout out Sam. She has the best hair. Um, she was reminding me I was getting my hair done, my like wedding hair, wedding hair ready. Um, guys, I have hair like down to my butt currently. It's great. <laughs> Shout out Sam. Um, but she was reminding me that like the very first time I met her, I, I was dating Chris. I think she and I met like two years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and she was like, do you think you're going to marry him? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not getting married again. <laughs> it's just not happening. <laughs> and oh, like what a circle we've circled back to here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, so across, across this millennial gap, we kind of had the same mindset. Who's to say if that was in any way shaped by our experiences growing up as a millennial or more of our like previously had been married circumstances that shaped that maybe a little bit of both i think it was um well into finding who we are past all of that and it was the open-mindedness that came with that self-discovery i believe that put us in the place of it could be either or or it could be none and didn't really matter yeah. as long as we were together. moving forward through life together yeah. right yeah you are what matters to me. And that, that is that. <laughs> and the <laughs> two or less men that were listening to this podcast have definitely turned it off by now. <laughs> no, we, we <laughs> appraise and stand an evolved man that is in touch with his emotions. Chris is very in touch with his emotions. Good job. Yay therapy. Yay therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, so... I read this very interesting article, kind of getting back to this. It was at inbrides.com. And it was like, I think it's, it is titled, Four Ways Mo Marriage as a Millennial is Different from Generations Past. So they kind of talked about what we talk a little bit. And then it says, what, what is marriage like for a millennial? Chris, what do you think marriage is like as, for, as a millennial? Yeah. How do you see that shaking out? Um, it might be a little less white picket fence mm. in nature. What do you mean by that? Um, it, it, it might not look like fifties and sixties Americana, right? It, it might look more like two income. It's like two different professions of, across whatever the careers are for those, those folks. I think there's, uh, with, 
two incomes, there's the potential for a little bit more travel and not having to wait for retirement to go see and do and enjoy. Um, and a smaller family size to there is no family, there's just partners is kind of where I, I'm, I'm thinking based off all the conversations and all the articles that we read for this show. <laughs> that, that's where my gut would lead me. Anything else as we're wonderful. Anything else? Yeah. I would say there's probably a lot of common law folks instead of legally married folks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You like hit the nail out of on out of the park. Wow. What kind of sport is that <laughs> where you get to hit nails? It sounds like a Viking sport. <laughs> I don't want to be in the stands of whatever that sport is if you can hit them out of the park. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Um, me either. It sounds a little scary. <laughs> um, okay. So according to brides.com source for Be- hard hitting news, they're, they're as trustworthy <laughs> as the Pew research center. Yes. Right? Okay. okay sorry. The first, the first set of statistics did come from the Pew, Pew research center. I did a terrible job <laughs> at calling them out. Thank you. Pew as always. <laughs> okay. So how is marriage different for a millennial? Um, you may marry and have kids later in life. I feel like we've covered that very, very, very much. Um, we are eventually going to do a kids and millennials episode. I just need to get the courage to do it. Um, <laughs> you are also, if you do have a kid, you're more likely to have it out of wedlock. Uh, 40.3% of women of childbearing age, which they cut off at 40. So, and this article is from last year. So that's, it's all millennials between, I guess the tail of, of Gen Z too, or the tail front of Gen Z. 40.3% of women who gave birth in the United States were unmarried. And that is starkly different from 1974, where only 13.2% of women who gave birth were unmarried. Um, and so that kind of goes to what you said. It's, uh, couples are saying like, hey, this piece of paper doesn't define me. I can have a family in gonna, whatever version I want. And I'm not going to walk away from like this more than likely long-term partner or, yeah. or not long-term partner. And I can be a dad with or without a piece of paper. I'm sorry, exactly. from my vantage point. Or I can be a mom yeah. uh, with or without a, a, a piece of paper. A family unit is not defined by having something filed right yeah and i think that rhetoric is going away a a lot right like a lot i have been um i have spent a lot of time looking at health benefits in the past little bit and it, it amazes me how um kind of more progressive I've now. seen yeah that um f- that f- like the expended definition of family legally for like health coverage is and it's it, that's just so heartwarming right because we are not always nuclear families sometimes we're just like weird ass families like our our household's just a conglomeration of humans and somehow we all make a family or didn't, different didn't families. did House teach us something in the <laughs> early 90s? I think you did describe Ace, producer Ace as Uncle Jesse very early on in our relationship. I mean, there's there's three dudes <laughs> living in a house with with three kids. <laughs> Thanks, Full House. Thanks, Full Thanks House. Thanks for introducing us to a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you might have a kid out of wedlock. You're might getting married and having kids later in life. Okay. Um, you're also might be more open to economic roles. It's not uncommon in millennial marriages for women to be the primary source of income, um, which was like almost unheard of 60 years ago. So 1960, which does that just blow your mind that that was 60 years ago? In my brain, that's 40. Like, 40. That's it. I will always live in 2000. And that forever you can get stuck. <laughs> I've, I, being an elder millennial, some, some, I have the occasional one-off conversation with some folks and I like, I can't fathom that the nineties were so far away. Oh man. The nineties. Good times. So in 1960, 3.8% of women earned more than their husbands. And now 30% of women do. 
I, I tell you what, the, enough, the, the common, I'm not saying everyone goes to, <laughs> to school after compulsory school, but it is more common. And so a highly educated workforce of the millennial age is, mm-hmm. is quite, is, is of most articles I read, it's like the number one positive thing that millennials have. Now, granted, it does come with whatever circumstance of, of, of debt might be attached to that, but we are definitely uh, male and female, a lot more educated. Yeah. Which, which is incredibly great. Um, I think, I think the advent of, of the internet and all the different small business that can like scale on the internet of, of all different types, whether it's, on the up and up or not, I, I don't know. There are some schemes out there that people get sucked into or MLMs and all sorts of things like that. But I've seen more than once people in my greater work circle are like, hey, uh, work update. I'm actually leaving my fairly lucrative job because my wife's blog took off. That's awesome. And she makes more than both of us did at our regular job. So we're going to go lean into this. Oh, that that is wonderful to hear. We love, we love that. Yeah. So I I I like I love celebrating anyone's success at mm. the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and it is it is that's three point eight percent to thirty percent is such a stark stark contrast. Um, let's hope it just keeps keeps going up. Maybe it's at fifty. We can get a little equality. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the last one, which I didn't, I, I did not, um, originally like think about this in my thing, but you're more likely as a millennial married couple to come from different ethnicities. So, um, I didn't realize that loving versus Virginia, which, um, um, allowed, it was overturned in 1967 and it allowed interracial marriages to happen. 1967, that is, that is less than six years ago. That is too long. Um, and now a lot, I, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but it, it was like starkly different. Um, this is, we're going to use this time as a shout out to, um, I don't remember if loving specifically is on the dock for Supreme Court review, but a lot of people's rights are currently being reviewed by the Supreme Court. So get out there, vote people in that maybe can help preserve some of our rights, especially the rights of your women around you, the LGBTQIA plus folks around you, just people should deserve or people deserve to like love who they love and have bodily autonomy and and we really stand for that here so don't let these don't let these be overturned yeah i think the late 60s obviously when the civil rights movement uh, was probably towards its peak and so thinking about that it's you sit there and think it's like oh wow the 60s right but i sit there and be like wow it took 60 years for a culture and community to get a little bit more comfortable, even though the outcomes of civil rights were a, led to a little more, more equity. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say the, the civil rights movement fixed everything. There, oh, there are still no. a lot of, of, of things that... Um, aren't all equal. Absolutely, absolutely not. But They're yeah, six, so much 60 years to, to be more comfortable. I don't think everyone in, uh, across America is comfortable with that, but I would say at a higher ratio, yeah, people are a lot more comfortable. Uh, we, we've, as, as America, at the end of the day, we're, we're still just a country of immigrants. When we, when we really think about it, we're just decade over decade, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of immigration. I work with many people that have H-1B visas because they came here to study and then they were great. They're they're great at what they do and it just takes a long time to become a citizen here. And so there's many non-American folks that I've worked with across the tech sector that 
find themselves, I guess, crossing paths with people they would have never, ever crossed paths with. And that's not just from one part of the world. There's, there's many do- types of different internationals that I've been able to cross paths with in, in my tech career. And so, yeah, it wouldn't make, it wouldn't surprise me that more and more people have a chance to cross each other's paths and, and find their potential partner. Interesting. So kind of as, as the world gets interesting, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to contribute to that just cause I don't have any statistics, anything in front of me, but very interesting thought, Christopher. Yeah. I, I like that people can find their person of any flavor, any size, um, and can be that in America. And I hope that we can continue down that path of, you know, at, as this, as this community continues to grow and move forward, that we can continue to accept how people want to be and how they want to live. Yeah. There are like undoubtedly huge, huge issues with race in America and, and, Oh, it's something we need to fix. Um, but this statistic did give me like a little bit of hope here that at least like things are better than they were th- when they were terrible. I don't know. I'll, I'll, it's still bad. I'll it's cheer still that. really it's, it's, bad. It's still a great outcome. I'll cheer it on. Still, still, still not great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> on that really happy note, <laughs> we are going to jump into how... Do millennials make marriage work? Christopher, do you want to hear something really happy? I would love to. Okay. According to when Dr. Sherman, um, he, he states that uh, millennial marriages are way exceeding marriages in the past in the terms of equality, fairness, and overall happiness. How great is that? I don't know where he got this data. I don't know if he just made it up. But to hear someone say that brings my heart happy. I, I wonder how you measure <laughs> happiness. I would love to see his outputs yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but that that's wonderful. For whoever's listening, one of my biggest struggles of finding like jumping off points of, of topics for what we do here on this yeah. show. Um, gosh, I, I wouldn't get, I don't know a percentage, a very, very, very high percentage of articles or things that I read uh, generate rationally, they're all kind of negative. Yeah, for real. They really are. And so like the minute I actually hear something nice, it's like, oh, thank goodness. Where was that in the recesses of the internet I couldn't find? Right? So hooray for everyone who's finding more happiness. (laughs) We we love that. Um, And that's not necessarily... Because of any other outside circumstance is being pointed at other than millennials just work really, really hard at their marriages. There are more millennials that are in um, like what they deem as like proactive therapy than there ever have been before. It's proactive couples therapy. Let me let me pause at that. Um. And they said that this is a great method. It helps you learn more about your partner's traumas, defense mechanisms, and triggers. Learn how they were raised. This information helps you like navigate how, how to like their life and everything. We talked about the other day, um, John Gottman, who I, I, I like. He's a. Can you introduce everyone? Yeah. I don't know if everyone's familiar. He is a. Um, He's a researcher and he did a lot of research on um, like couples and He's relationships. A psychologist by trade, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And he has um, he has like I don't I don't even know what he had, like like tenants, I guess. Um, and they were introduced to me years ago. I've found them like mostly mostly useful in my life. Like how what are the four horsemen of like the apocalypse of a of a relationship, like some of these things that you're just like, Oh, nope, not to do that. But like things to do too. And one thing that he teaches is like, know, know your partner's world map. And so what that means is like, not your shared world map, like not how you guys move across the world and your interests together, but what makes your partner tick. And Chris is 
Very simple. Uh, there's not much map. No, there's a lot of map. <laughs> Chris has like, it's maybe it's not like wide, but it's like deep. So like you got to kind of like Minecraft drill down a little bit <laughs> to get below the surfaces. Um, it, but Chris is absolutely excellent at um, like remembering tiny things I love and like really storing it away and recalling it and being able to like remember things that I've told him about my childhood or how people connect in my life or all the Taylor Swift facts that I <laughs> store away for a future conversation. Yes. This is actually, this was, um, brought up because he said, Oh, speaking of Taylor Swift, I forgot to tell you about Carly Kloss. <laughs> Those oh. who know, know, um, <laughs> talking yeah. at, yeah, uh, I, sales, I was, I was, yeah. Um, I think, most everyone knows I, I work in technology across I've been in uh, quite a few roles and quite a few technologies and uh, Salesforce is one of those things that I work in for a company and they had their big boondoggle this week Dreamforce good for them because the coronavirus definitely put a hamper on it for the last couple of years it's it's a very big thing if you're ever in San Francisco um, but yeah they get they just get such recognizable names to come and speak or, or do things there. And so, yeah, I had no clue who Carly Kloss is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of men do know who she is. I didn't know She's who she beautiful. was. I sat next to a girl at the spot today that was like spot on. And I waited until she got up and I was like, not as tall as Carly Kloss, but otherwise I would have been like, that is Carly Kloss. Do I ask her about Taylor Swift right now? Yeah. And I want, I'd want to believe that Carly knows how to code because that's what she was talking about for two minutes. I, I don't know if she has some little segment that they sponsor. It was coding with Carly. She has a whole boot camp dedicated to oh, it. That's it's like fabulous. very women forward boot camp. Very cool. Yeah. I think she just did a little two minute blurb there, but all I could think of is, is that, is that uh, allegedly a, a past relationship of Taylor Swift instead of <laughs> listening to her like pump up her coding class. <laughs> so yeah, the, it just amazed me that Chris not only had um, like remembered my strange Taylor, unfounded Taylor Swift theories that I had told him about all the TikToks I was watching just randomly one day on it, um, but that he had like connected it and brought it back to me and said, Hey, Carly Claus. Absolutely. I may forget to like take the garbage <laughs> out, but I know all about Corne Cornelia street in New York. <laughs> oh, Christopher, you're my favorite. Um, okay. And the other, to kind of wrap this up, the last way that they said millennial marriages, like how to make them work is sit down talk about how like the separation of duties and make sure it's not gendered, which you know I love that. <laughs> it's so good because it's just, yeah, they said rather than slipping into old gender roles, um, discuss your strengths and preferences and sh share tasks. And I think that is something you and I are really good at. For We talked earlier. Almost unconsciously. Um. Yeah, like almost unconsciously where we just kind of came together and it was, I like doing these things, but if I could never do laundry again, I might be the happiest person to have walked this earth. <laughs> and lucky for Chris, I love doing laundry. I cannot cook. Christopher is a wonder, wonderful cook. And so he is like almost a short order cook. He makes me breakfasts and lunches and dinners and it's just so wonderful for, for the record this this more than likely would be a future episode um there's there's a concept of of cooking for one and how <laughs> how many people actually like cook for one it's quite a difficult conundrum cooking for two it's like oh okay maybe that's worth cooking um, Jillian and I sit on opposite ends of the dietary like <laughs> <laughs> consumption models. I'm a vegetarian and he is a carnivore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I typically make modified meals or I make two separate meals. <laughs> it's truly an But I do enjoy baby. cooking, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that yeah. I'm not elbowed out or edged out because it's 
it might have a more traditional gender role that isn't me. Yeah. And then nobody would be happy because I would be be like, hey, guess what's for dinner again? Dr. A Pepper Oreos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's good. And, and we are in a heterosexual cis relationship. We know that this already, like, this doesn't apply to everyone. This is just from our experience what we've found. Yeah, yeah. Again, truly, truly our experience. I don't yeah. want anyone to feel that they're getting projected upon or left or out. That we're proclaiming that something that our experience is is the way it should be. By Absolutely no means not. That is that this is what has worked for us, and ironically, it lines up to whatever this Bride Magazine article. <laughs> <laughs> had to had to say about yes. it, right? <laughs> yes, but I think it, it just uh, taking taking gender out of it, being able to talk to someone about your s- strengths and weaknesses, and, and the kind of the day to day mundane tasks is important. Whether you're living with a roommate, whether you're living with a significant other, whether you're living with a lawful significant other, whether you're living with your family, like it, just knowing how and what is expected and where you where you're expected to lift and where you can help lift other people um i think it's really important thing for dynamics of all sorts so this advice goes beyond i think marriages and into whole world whole world of just being good to each other yeah absolutely yeah well i know marriage yeah who knew who knew (laughs) not yeah not necessary but those who do it celebrate it yeah uh those who choose that it's not for them celebrate that relationship regardless exactly there is something to be said about celebrating people not for their milestones um and just if they're if something is happening with them that they're very excited about make sure to reach out to them celebrate the little things celebrate their wins that aren't love marriage baby carriage because there's so many other things outside of that that are worth it and truly it's it's not that to borrow a kate kennedy we're not that pipeline that we're we're experiencing anymore on mass there is so many different beautiful ways to experience life so support yourself celebrate those around you we will be celebrating in australia in a week yeah um we'll we'll share some of it on our our socials uh, Jeej, where can people come see some of the stuff once we post it? Ooh, okay. I'm not going to forget this time. Mind the Millennial Gap on Instagram. Mind the Millennial Gap pod on TikTok. And mind the Millennial Gap at gmail.com. Um, thank you so much to those of you who have interacted with it. We really, really, really enjoy all the interaction. Uh, please feel free to send anything in if you want something anonymous, if you want we've gotten a few corrections that I think we should do a correction. I should do a correction episode on <laughs> at some point. Thank you to your researchers out there and spreadsheet havers. Yeah. Um, and if you have anything that, that you wanted to hear that maybe is an article on the internet or you found an article there, you're like, wow, that's, that's, that's quite a topic. Send it over guys. We're, we're not, we're not sponsored. No. There, there's nothing telling us what we can and can't do here it's just jeej and i talking or anyone else who wants to come talk with us we're very we'd be very excited if if other folks wanted to come and engage and interact yes and and i think later on in this year in q4 we are going to have um one of my best friends in the entire world come on and have an episode with us so look forward to that and if anybody else wants to join and please, please do. Absolutely. And big things coming as far as a new format yes. goes. Yes. Podcast stays the same. Uh, we have been, with with the help of uh, master producer, Acetifer. Now also set designer, Acetifer. We are going to go to the videos. Yes, we are. And the sound. He made us this the raddest little podcast corner. It is incredible it's got lights i'm we're actually sitting in it recording right now we're not recording video but i have never been more comfy podcasting yeah <laughs> this is so, excellent uh we'll we'll have a video format 
available for people to consume. Uh, we'll have those posted to, to YouTube and it'll be video of Jillian and I doing the podcast. And then uh, we'll also have a, a Twitch channel uh, that more than likely will just live stream the podcast when we record it then. And so we'll get you all that information once we're ready to set up. We're pretty excited about mm-hmm. getting into the, the video era of, of what we do here. We are very stoked. Very, very stoked. <laughs> Our video era. Perfect. So, Jeej, last thoughts, last thoughts on marriage. Oh, do it if you want to. Don't do it if you don't want to. Just f- take your time in signing documents because it can be hard to get out of. Um, maybe not hard. Expensive to get out of. And find the ones you love. Embrace them. Love who you love. Yeah, love agreed. Love. Find, find your people. Find your people. First and foremost, find your people. And then collectively yeah. figure out how you want to move forward together. Chris, I'm very excited to get married to you. Me too. <laughs> I, I am I'm very, very excited for this moment. It's been, it's been a while. And maybe maybe one day we'll take everyone through 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 the story. Yeah. Uh, Jillian and I actually were eating at middle of the road Thai place. Oh, it's so good. Don't even. It, it's great. Eat. It's great food. Uh, not very showy. Yeah. Um, and we are celebrating our our three years together. Yep. Yep. Uh, just this past week, and I was like, "Wow!" If you think about our story, it's wild. It's, it's quite wild when we just put it in a handful of bullet points. Yeah. 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 So it is. Maybe another wild episode. Wild but happy. Maybe a Patreon episode, honestly. There we go. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, d- I don't want to bore people that don't want to listen to it. <laughs> it's true. And um, there's some details in there. Like, ah. <laughs> like, if you're into the juicy stuff. Yes. Um, if you understood the fact that Jillian was a vegetarian and <laughs> she thought that I was trying to woo her with, with uh, a meat offering, <laughs> let that soak in. And maybe we'll bring this up another time for you all to listen to. We love it. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, We look forward and uh, we will have a podcast out uh, next Monday as well. Uh, We'll put something together in Australia and we'll post it for everyone. Yeah. Might not be the longest, but it'll be fun. All right. Thank you everyone for coming to listen. Bye. Bye.